stoked to have you here. It's a beautiful day of weather. After we were uh, battered last week with heat and humidity, mostly heat. I think it was Tuesday, the day we had some pretty strong storms. Uh, in the mid to late afternoon, it was it was just muggy and sticky, and the storms didn't cool anything off. But not that I need to give you anything else to to punch me. I mean, you are here. Are you hate listening to me, the radio show, and this podcast? Kudos to you if you are. But uh, it was more heat than humidity last week. I think it was only that Tuesday afternoon where we got stickified with humidity. The heat, even when it's in the 90s, if it's if it's toasty, I can deal with it. Uh, and that fact that I read leading up to having Anne from Cherry Street on the podcast, that heat is more deadly to people than cold weather, which was counterintuitive to me. I figured you're outside, you could freeze to death, but I guess... Um, more people will find shelter in the, in the in the cold weather times rather than in the heat. And I'm sure there's much that goes into that, but it did change the way I look at things. Heat more deadly to people who may be dealing with uh, homelessness or something similar than the cold weather. And perhaps many people think like that, and that's why we get those people housed or in shelter when it's a blowout. Um, there's a there's a bunch to get to today. It's Eric Solo, some good interviews. We're going to talk about streets and safety and roundabouts and other things tomorrow with a guest from the city. Uh, I have a question for you to think about right now before I give you some other things. One, what's something that most people have that you do not? What's something that most people have that you do not? I came across an article uh, on Mashable.com, talking about it. The NFL has some NFL Plus service, and it looks like all the games will be available to stream, unlike uh, they used to do that with like uh, the Sunday Ticket or Direct TV. I'm still trying to figure it out whether it's just primetime games or it's all of them because the cost is very appealing. To do it with Direct TV, it was like $300 a year, and I just stopped. But there was an interesting point in there. It's only going to be available in specific devices. Specific mobile devices. So I could not Chromecast it from my iPad to TV. Anyway, the guy's like, or the writer, sorry, said, this might actually make me get an iPad or a tablet. And I thought, don't we all have those? Nothing is ever all, right? So what's something you don't have that seemingly everybody does? I'll go first. A bike. I do not have a bike. I can't remember the last time when I had a bike. I was probably a teenager. Eric, why don't you have a bike? Well, I do like walking places. I like getting those steps in. Um, I have considered a bike a couple of times. Uh, When I'm out and and getting a little bit like light exercise like that, um, I often have the dogs with me. So I'm bike riding. It would be nearly impossible with those two beagle mixes to, to get them going on the bike we I would I would face plant they would be tangled up it would just be it would be messy and I should probably I don't think we're in bike again anymore where everybody was buying a bike in the beginning of covid so it's probably possible to find a bike for 100 bucks didn't have to be real exotic or technologically neat uh, but I like my walking I do not have a bike what's something that most people have that you do not? I'm going to save the serious thing about a website I get a lot of my 
thoughts and intellectual content from that as every so often happens, I get disappointed. I get very disheartened. Let's start. A little disheartening. Uh, I'm surprised. From what I had gathered leading up to last night, I thought for sure Sugar and the crew, um, Sugar, a.k.a. David, Keith, and Mahogany, were going to win the Great Food Truck Race last night. If you didn't know, they lost. Well, they didn't. They came in runner-up. They finished in second place. Um, I did not watch it. And to be quite honest, um, so they lost. Uh, there was a, there was a quote in an in an article on thirteen from the crew. They had a viewing party last night. If you might have heard at the Brick Bar, uh, there was a story on thirteen around lunchtime today uh, that went back to what Sugar told me last week, and she alluded to it much more strongly than then uh, in the story that they have a brick and mortar lined up. So maybe something transpired from the time uh, we spoke till last night when thirteen got. That story from them. And maybe that 13 story was on the 11 o'clock news last night. But when I was up at 5 a.m., I had an incredibly hard time finding out whether or not uh, maybe Cheese Born With It had won. There's nothing in the blade. Uh, Mary is is on vacation. Actually, Mary is off away getting her hand taken care of. She'll be back in a couple of weeks. Um They are a love of hers. Uh, there was nothing on the local news sites. NBC, 13, WTOL, some of the other places I look. But those are the the, the, the TV places are, are my go-tos. First 13 and then WTOL, their websites, and then NBC. And I wasn't surprised, but I was, again, a little disheartened. And if anything, um, trying to find things that have transpired over the weekend on our local TV news places, it's hard. They likely don't have as much, they don't have as much staff, I'm guessing, accurately. They don't have as much staff on the weekends as they do during the week. It makes some sense, but it could be foreshadowing of the future if we continue to lose places that provide us news uh, because they are run as businesses and businesses, especially as we maybe teeter or think a recession into existence nobody got into business to lose money and uh the places that own these news organizations uh, might not have disseminating the best information and news at uh, the top of their goals it's near the top but at the very top is making sure we make money um and this weekend not seeing that story which was a pretty big deal i think not somewhere at least I mean, granted, it was today at lunchtime when it popped up, but not this morning at 5 a.m. Everybody gets going. I'm sure there were other people like myself who were wondering if uh, if Sugar and the crew had won or not if they didn't watch it last night. When I typed in maybe Cheese Born With It as a search on Twitter, just some just some haters, some similar to what I saw the first week during the first week of the show when I looked up what had happened and people going, they, they might be the first ones to win without very good food, but they just have incredible presentation. And I'm sugarcoating what the people said. They weren't that vile, but something along those lines. And on the Food Network Facebook page, there was only a post around eight or not around eight, like sometime shortly before the show, previewing that this was the finale. Nothing after the fact saying, here's who won. Maybe they didn't want to ruin it for people who would watch it after the fact. That's on those people to stay off the internet. Uh, nothing on the Food Network uh, Twitter account either. So... I was unsure until I texted Mary at the Blade, and I was like, they didn't win, did they? She said, nope, they did not. 
So a, a bigger point here is we need to have news and information um, from local things passed along to us. And if there's nobody doing that, we're in trouble. Um, what else? What else? Okay, so uh, Friday night, um, caught up with some of my shows and Blackbird with Taron Edgerton, the uh, the prison show from the 1990s as he tries to get a guy to uh, explain what he did with these bodies. Taron Edgerton's character is working for the FBI, I think. Uh, fascinating. Uh, it's a little bit like, do you remember, did you watch Mindhunter on Netflix? The early days of forensic psychology and criminality. It's a little bit like that because most of it takes place in, in prison. Um, I think it's quickly passing um, for all mankind as my favorite, at least Apple Plus TV show. And then I watched The Gray Man, uh, which had gotten just revolting reviews when I had looked it up earlier in the week. The Gray Man, I believe, was in theaters for like two seconds and maybe in like 20 theaters um, last Friday, but it hit Netflix and it's a big deal. It probably cost a lot of money. It is a production of Anthony and Joe Russo, whose claim to fame is much of the greatest work in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I do have some Comic-Con stuff to share. No spoilers, I think, and I won't get too deep into it. Um, but they've been making movies now for Netflix. I guess they kind of have like, uh, was it uh, Chandra and then uh, Ryan, what's his face, for the FX guy. These these brothers have a Netflix deal as well. And after I watched it, uh, I'm like, they're just going to keep making movies that are just like Captain America Winter Soldier until someone tells them to stop. They really excel at those kind of um, action movies. I had to double check, but yeah, the extraction movie, there will be an extraction verse. I think there's a sequel with Chris Hemsworth and the Russos use familiar faces. Um, that movie will continue to grow. So until somebody tells them to stop making these movies, they will keep cranking them out. But with all these negative reviews, and they were really bad. I'm like, you know what? There, there are actors in, the, in this that I at least like looking at. Ryan Gosling. I think this is the first movie I have watched in its entirety of Ryan Gosling's process that because I thought about that on Friday night and I'm like no 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 notebook what was the LA dancing movie I, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen an entire movie with Ryan Gosling in it as such a star he's the he's the star along with Chris Evans in this uh added to Armas the girl that was linked to Ben Affleck pre-Jennifer Lopez for a long long time uh with the movie they did together She's great. Uh, Alfrey Woodard. Woodward is in it. Who else? Who else? Who, oh, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, who I absolutely love. Like, I was not a fan of his heyday or prime in the 90s when he was married to Angelina Jolie and they, they had each other's blood on a necklace, I think. But uh, the show of his, I think, on Prime called Goliath, where he is just a ruthless uh, defense lawyer. Like, I say ruthless in a good way. Standing up for the the small person being eviscerated by multi-billion dollar places or businesses that can flex muscle on the little person. He was great in that. I, so I'm loving all the stuff that he's doing now. He's in it as well. I'm watching this and it did not sync up to the reviews that I at least glanced over. It's a, If I tell you, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans... CIA. You probably have a thought in your head. This movie hit everything in that realm that I was expecting. Is it the greatest movie I've ever seen? Absolutely not. Um, is, is there a 
No, I'll leave that alone. Uh, is the action really good? Are the fight sequences, is the fight choreography excellent? Yeah, it was actually surpri- surprisingly really good. Um, I, the reviewers who maybe criticized whatever plot or the vanilla nature of some things, fine. I, I didn't agree. It was it was completely fine. I did not regret, regret, regret giving that movie two hours of my life. And I'm guessing there will be a sequel because something is kind of left hanging at the end, like a big, big deal. Oh, um, uh, the Duke from Bridgerton. Also in it, Jean Paget, and you know what? He does a remarkable, a magnificent American accent, almost to almost on par when you hear Christian Bale, Batman, and all the other movies. Wonderful actor, obviously, but you hear him in his native tongue, and you're like, "Wow, uh, yeah!" So great cast, uh, well worth a couple of hours. I enjoyed it. Um, there is a Chris Evans plays Chris Evans. Chris Evans plays a great dick. What do I mean by that? If you saw if you saw him in Knives Out, he plays that same. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, he plays that same kind of role. Uh, the the appealing, sexy bad guy with a biting sense of humor as he commits all kinds of terrible violence and murder. Um, obviously, the same tone as the Knives Out movie, this is where he was killing people and the bad guy in the movie, but he plays a great dick. He plays a very likable dick, and I know that that is a very bizarre phrase to hear, and some people didn't catch that on Twitter and wondered if I had a typo. No, that's one of the few times I did not have um, a typo. He, uh, Billy Bob Thornton is describing the person in, in the movie. He says he has a preternatural, you know, skill for that. And Chris Evans says, don't say preternatural. That's an asshole word. <laughs> um, it's a, it was a great line because I, I, I often talk about my notes app and how indispensable some of the entries are, are in there. And, and how some of the entries have been going on for years, maybe a decade. One of the longest running one I, ones I have is words. And I have dozens of words that I read or hear and I find utterly fascinating. And I aim to uh, use them in my vernacular, if appropriate. Um, and they're not like common language questions. Like I haven't used any of them up until I said preternatural. Here, can I give you a sampling of some of them? And by the way, um, five, six, seven years ago, I made it a goal in a Sesame Street-like way, word of the day, ding, 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 to use one of these that I had collected in this in this entry every day. I don't do it as much anymore because it's not as it's not in the notes I go to every day. So let me give you some of these, as I will now call them, asshole words. Or, or, or they could be phrases in the case of black swan. But let me give you a few. Aphorism, a maxim, pithy, but true. That's a, that's a good way to describe Chris Evans' character in this. He was very pithy and very snarky, violently snarky, or snark with violence. Uh, another one, menagerie, a strange or diverse group of people irascible, quick-tempered, hot-tempered. I have some of these in here twice. Like I have, I have aphorism in here twice. Another one, a luddite, someone oppressed or someone opposed to technology or progress. 
diffident, shy, or bashful. Opulent, stupid, rich. I'll give you two more. Let me make sure they're good ones. Ah, the zeitgeist. It's like the, the sense of the moment. And then one more, one more, one more. Um, caustic, biting sarcasm. Also a good way to define Chris Evans' character. Yeah, so they will no longer just be words. In fact, I need to change the entry of that too. Asshole words. Uh, next up, some nerdy stuff. There's no... There is one spoiler I could give you, but I will not. Um, Saturday was an exciting day. Friday was the day Marvel released all their upcoming animated programs, but I'll just move beyond that to, to Saturday, which was the, the big day. I think that they were the they were the headliners, and they, they have to be. It, I wonder how DC and Warner Brothers feels about that. Uh, they're early in the day. Then I guess there's Star Trek, and then, then the culmination of so much at San Diego Comic-Con is all the Marvel stuff. And by the way, there was a hot rumor on Saturday. The one big rumor I was expecting that may come true was that Henry Cavill would show up during the Warner Brothers panel. He was mentioned, his character was, of Superman, but he didn't show up. I'd say that was the big one, one big letdown many of us were expecting. And there's a thing going on where um, Warner Brothers says he's kind of hard to work with. Uh there's another thing saying that Henry Cavill is demanding more money and until then he won't come back as Superman. DC Warner Brothers should just give him a blank check and ask him, like, how many zeros do you want us to put on there? It's literally all they have. I'm not knocking the movies, but to create what they're looking to create, you need Superman. And they have a great one. And he's been underutilized. Thankfully, the Snyderverse is dead. To the Marvel stuff. Uh, there are literally, I'm not going to sit here and analyze everything that came out. Hopefully you watched the Wakanda Forever trailer I had predicted. That would be the biggest talking point of everything from San Diego Comic-Con. As far as Marvel's concerned, there is a D23 Expo, all things Disney, in September. They'll save more for that. We know when... So, there's two Avengers movies that will culminate in like 2025 or so. Uh, almost back-to-back, Secret Wars and the Kang Dynasty, which is Jonathan Major's character, or a variant of, that we saw in Loki. And I have a bizarre but exhilarating yet painful contrast when it comes to seeing those calendars. I am ebullient with joy and excitement looking at the upcoming projects. Some are more lukewarm are lukewarm on than others. By the way, there were two two big brands missing. They'll probably be plugged in at some point, especially one, but there was no mention of Spider-Man. We may be approaching a territory where there will be no more Tom Holland as Spider-Man. That's okay. It's time for Miles Morales to enter the world. In fact, in the Secret Wars comic book run, that's how Miles does get into the main MCU, uh, I'm sorry, into the main Marvel comic book universe. Um, No Spider-Man? No mention of mutants or X-Men. There were some hints that something like that would happen, but nothing. If we have to wait, and that's the thing, we have to wait like three or four more years for the the MCU to be reset to include them and maybe bring back, recast, an Anthony Stark. It's possible. But yeah, we have over three years until we get that. And that's not that long. Think about three years in your life. Three years ago, I was... Three years ago, I was... 
22. Yeah, we were doing the morning show here. I had been here at this radio station. I lived where I live now in my condo. But again, at the other ex- at the other end of the spectrum of all that excitement, it's 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 the reality of aging. Like along with those three years, and I think this this hits anybody because that's a it's a long time. There can be a lot of life changes then, even though I just said. I'm basically in the same spot I was. Um, 42 now. I, I forget how I forget how old I am. I'm 43. I literally forget how old I am sometimes. Um, I'll be like 46 and a half years old when that when that last Avengers movie hits in November of 2025. You can't stop aging. So while I'm so excited for these upcoming projects, and I feel the same way every time when things were released in 2019 and they talked about all the upcoming movies, so on and so forth, I was like, wow, three years is going to be such a long wait. And here we are. All this stuff came out. But it's an interesting contradiction of excitement, but also sadness, knowing that I will continue to age. And then if you really want to jump out really far and go, one day these movies will still be being made. And I might not be here anymore. And not in like a, a suicide kind of way, but that's just way, way, way down the line. Um, in the What Kind of Forever trailer, there is something with people going into the water or below the water. They're in suits that was hinted at in a what I think was a Reddit leak of the plot of that movie from beginning to end. Those two people going down are an integral part of will likely of what will likely be in the post-credit scenes of that movie, giving us the next great famous entry into the Marvel universe that has not been there as of yet. If that Reddit leak seeks to be true, and it that leak or, or that place has verified things in the past before it's actually happened. So pe- most people probably overlooked it, but I am very excited for it. And it's going to be a heart wrenching movie. You think about uh, movie deaths that, that hit us. I'll just use me. Hi. Uh, when, when, when Tony dies at the end of Endgame, Bambi, Bambi, all the Disney deaths, right? Um, when I was a little, when I was a little boy, like four or five years old, whatever it was. And I watched Optimus Prime die. It was like the first time I ever encountered death in my life. But there's a difference with this. That just happened in the movie, on the screen. Those are characters that died. Uh, Black Panther, uh, D'Challa, he's dead because we lost Chadwick Boseman. And we're all going to be a wreck when that is addressed in that movie. Alex said she wasn't quite ready for it. And I don't at all blame her for that. Uh, a couple of other quick things, actually just one, um, San Diego Comic-Con stuff. It happened before the weekend, but another Game of, uh, Game of Thrones trailer for House of Dragons as that brand and franchise, franchise tries to reestablish a relationship with many of its fans who were completely dissatisfied by the final season of Game of Thrones. And many people who weren't that wrong who said Game of Thrones got sideways after it advanced past George R.R. R. Martin's book plots uh that uh Weiss and who was the other guy uh, just they, they lost it when they were on their own I'm one of the few people who was totally fine with the way Game of Thrones ended now I didn't spend as much time with it as many people did from when it started in 2012 or 2013 
I caught up late around 2015 and binged through it. I had a lot of passion, but not over such a long period of time. So I was fine with it. So let's see if House of Dragons can reattract those original diehard Game of Thrones fans who are so disappointed. I'm sure there's a thing or two else that I'm missing, but I think that pretty much covers all the Comic-Con stuff. Um, so the website that I find a lot of these neat intellectual things that Alex and I discuss and beyond. Uh, Marginal Revolution run by the polymath. There's another asshole word, right? Someone who is great or knows a lot about many, many things. Leonardo da Vinci was a polymath, a wonderful scientist, which is often overshadowed by the fact he was a brilliant painter, but didn't have that many pieces of work. Um, so there are two people that write at uh, Tyler's site. He and his uh, his co-writer of the site, Alex Tabarrok, who I think, hopefully I said that right, who is also a professor at some places, I think. And the title of the blog post was Merit, Fairness, and Equality. And I wrote a tweet about this early this morning, but Merit, Fairness, and Equality. And I skimmed through it, and then I got to this part. Over the past year, the encroachment, and as soon as I read that word, I'm like, oh, shit. This is going to be one of these times where a site I really like pisses me off, so don't go anywhere near the comments. Over the past year, the encroachment of the cult of D.I.E. into academia has only grown. And some people use D.I.E. and D.E.I. interchangeably. I will not say that they are using it here maliciously to correlate D.I.E. or D.E.I. with the word die. Again, I've often seen them used interchangeably. But there are now many positions that are simply off limits to straight white men who are not handicapped. One must pledge allegiance to those illiberal principles in order to be a practicing scientist in 2022. Um, and I'm not going to read the rest of it because simply the word encroachment uh, had my had my mood sink. Uh, and I, I don't think that the sentiment is wrong. Many of many positions are very likely off limits to me, a straight white man who is more in middle age than not, right? Uh, and I'm okay with that. If you've known me for a long time, if you've listened to me for a long time, I have been unwaveringly pragmatic about wanting an entire meritocracy. Um, sorry for the other asshole word, but that that's just where people truly get what they earn, not on reputation or nepotism, uh, your skills, your talents, your accomplishments get you a position that you're qualified for. Not about your skin color or filling a quota or anything like that. It's completely based on blind merit of your resume. Now, I know when it comes to a resume, many people have been held back and been, un been unable to break through glass ceilings that people have put in place. And as much as I said the sentiment of me being closed off to certain opportunities is, I believe, is, is accurate, um, I'm understanding of it because for a long time, as I just said, it was not a meritocracy. People were kept out of positions because of their gender, their sexual orientation, their skin color. So there are people like this, and definitely in those 153 comments at this point, um, who are pissed off about this. I don't think they understand that maybe some of them, but definitely people who they may look up to or uh, revere, 
have been part of an insular an insular culture of keeping of actively keeping people out. So while closing me out to roles or positions that I'm definitely or more than qualified for, um, all that is is finally getting plenty of people who always deserve to be there at the table or up to where they should have been all along. So while that sentiment has some truth in it, maybe a lot of truth, um, the other side of that is those people who are now getting these positions, they didn't just begin to deserve them. They always were deserving of them. And people, people that look like me, not me, but people that look like me, actively kept them out. So right now, they're just playing catch up. I wish they didn't have to do that, but this is what they had deserved all along. That's why five, six, seven years ago, Ta-Nehisi Coates, he is arguably the preeminent great black thinker and intellectual of our times. So great, he got to write a Black uh, a Black Panther run in 2015, 2016. He had written a very long essay. He was a writer at The Atlantic, another place I enjoy great content from. Uh, he had written an essay called The Case for Reparations. And I was like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You just want to write blank checks to people? Uh, 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 people of people who are black? for Because it's only 150 years ago? And then I kept reading it. Like, I didn't understand. It didn't make any sense to me. Like, that, that, that's kind of ridiculous. Like, none of these people were connected to what happened then. And then I kept reading and kept listening. And I'm like, oh, they were very connected to what happened back then. So look at DEI in some ways as professional reparations. Um, They were held back for a long time and they never should have been. And now those people are deservingly getting the work that, again, they always should have had. Thanks for listening. And have you thought of anything that you don't have, but a lot of people do? Mine's a bike.